Your writing credentials, Solar Opposite, Lower Decks. Lower Decks. Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty. Went to school for um, uh, mechanical engineering. <laughs> what? Got okay. super depressed. What'd you do? My stomach fell into the floor. Hi, Garrick. Hey, Sydney. I saw you did press for a single drunk, drunk female. Yeah, 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 I did. And this is the second season, so you've done press before. I've done press, yeah. But I don't know why. I was just really floored by the idea that you did press. <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> yeah, it's like me saying a bunch. I don't think that I realized like how hard press is and how hard it is to sound smart on press, like on print, not on yeah. press. Because sometimes I'll say things in non-complete sentences mm. and i'm just going off of vibes you know just wow. going off of vibes in so the conversation we're all fucked because you're also a writer yeah and so like you're very good with the with the human language and you're struggling because this is interesting i'm on the other side of the yeah. press thing yeah so like wait what makes it so difficult i don't know i'm not good at speaking really i'm not <laughs> i'm not an orator <laughs> at all i'm not good at speaking i can write well like okay. i can sit down and like think about what I want to say mm -hmm. and then talk it out. But if somebody asks me a question, I'm dealing with the anxiety of the question okay. first and then saying So you have a lot weird. of drafts when you write is what you're I saying. I have a lot of drafts. <laughs> I have a shit ton of drafts. <laughs> okay. um, and my first draft, it will... I would love for no one to ever see that first draft. Shitty first drafts. Very, very shitty yeah. first drafts. There was a, it was an essay maybe that one of my literature professors in college like um, made us read. And it was really helpful. I don't remember anything about it except it was called shitty first drafts. Yeah. It was basically, I guess I do remember about it. It was basically about like how you just have to put it on the paper. You just, you literally just have to write. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you have Takes to say confidence. something. Yeah. 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 Okay, so you do press. Yeah, it's it is hard. It's hard. It's um reading back all of the things. I'm like, all right, I gotta stop saying like so much. Mm. I gotta stop saying um so much. And I I really have to or I guess I really have to be okay with taking pauses and hope that they give me grace in some mm -hmm. weird way. Cause like a lot of the times they'll cut out the dead air. And I had no idea that they did that. And so most times I really, really try to jump through a sentence that I don't want to say or I have nothing to say mm -hmm. in order to fill up gaps. Yeah. And that doesn't even make any sense. Like like the dude, I said like twice just now. Double so, down on that one. Double down on it. This is good because I've been editing the podcast and I say I was at first I was like, I'm going to cut around the likes. We're yeah. going to make everyone sound very articulate. Uh -huh. And then it just all went through no way no way no, no way. It, we're in california everybody says everyone like, says like it's part of the culture like, i did i saw a tiktok that was talking about i don't know if it was a study it was talking about something that was a little more legitimate than just somebody with an opinion on tiktok yeah and he was talking about how like actually people misattribute like as being something that sounds in our, like you're dumb yeah but that it's actually a somewhat intelligent way to communicate what you're saying because it it is used to change the meaning of other words. Oh, so if it's um, if you say something, I'm trying to think of a good a good example. So if it's, I'm asking you how the weather is, and you say, "Oh yeah, you know, it's like warm." Yeah, that changes the fact that you're not saying it's warm; you're right. saying it's 
somewhere in the proximity. Yeah, yeah, which made yeah. me feel better about saying like so much. It's a it's a modifier. Yes, it's yeah. a modifier. Yeah, that's exactly. great. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay, wait. Random question. What, yeah. Did you go to college? What did you go to school for? Um, I went to school at LMU for mm-hmm. two years before dropping out, but I okay. went to school for um, uh, mechanical engineering. And so that's, <laughs> this is where the car <laughs> obsession comes from. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went, I, I so I went there for two years. Mm-hmm. Um, I did an internship out at the Ford plant in Fontana okay. and I got to see like what I was going to be doing for the rest of my life. And I was like, nah, I can't, I can't fucking do this. Yeah. This is so boring. So a- annoying. It is literally just one guy on AutoCAD, which is like a, a, a digital um, creation uh, app on computers mm-hmm. where you would uh, like design uh, rods essentially. And it was a guy doing stress tests, which is like seeing how flexible and how pliable something is mm-hmm. um, and until it breaks. And it was just him doing that for eight hours. And okay. I was like, I don't know about it. God, no. What's boring about that too? Because I feel like there's like a creative element in terms of like creative problem solving. Yeah, I'm I'm sure. I mean, that was what I expected it was going to be. Is like me as a person was going to go in and like build an engine myself, right? Okay. Although it does give you the tools in order to do that, if that's the field you want to go into. But if you are on the performance division of like let's say Ford you're and you're developing an engine you're not developing the entire engine you're developing like a Mm -hmm. rod or a piston or something like that and that part of it is what really like threw me and i was like oh okay well not only do i have to do that but in order to get into like the motorsports division which is what i really really wanted to do Mm -hmm. i would have had to have done that in like for like four years you know and i was i I don't think i wanted to okay i didn't know this this is so interesting wow the audience maybe perhaps didn't know this either yeah (laughs) um okay so you drop out yeah do you have a plan so i dropped out after this is my my spiel that i i tell on a lot of i don't want to spiel i don't want to spiel i want i want the garrick story okay so the story is um i did that whole internship got okay. super depressed super super sad yeah i was like i don't know what i'm going to do i, I mean, don't know this... why i smiled when you said that i was like yeah yeah, yeah depression yeah cool. i'm glad you went through it <laughs> um i was just like it was it wasn't even that it was realizing that the the top of the mountain that you're going for is awful you know, re- realizing that there's no snow up there. It is like the gloom from Zelda, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's very, very dark and very eerie. And it's just some guy at a computer um, hunched over and like uh, clicking away. Mm-hmm. And so with that, I was like thinking, what is the thing that will at least make me extremely happy? Because I feel like I did engineering to appease my parents. I can relate. Yeah, there yeah. you go. There you go. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. I have a biology degree. Oh, re- you, fuck. Oh, my so, God. Yeah, yeah I, I get it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you for finishing because I, in, in hindsight, I, I'm like, I wish I would have finished just to say like, oh, hey, I have this thing. Yeah. Or I'm good at math officially. Um, <laughs> so... I, yeah, I thought about like what, what makes me happy. What is the thing that I did naturally uh, just to do? And that was tell jokes or like write jokes. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to make people laugh. And I was like, okay, so well, maybe I want to do improv. 
Okay. And I saw that improv classes were like three or four hundred dollars. They're not cheap. They're not cheap at all. For I, it, there's nothing funny about it. There's <laughs> not at all. <laughs> it is. You see the price. I mean, maybe the price, the exorbitant amount, is hilarious. Mm-hmm. You know, like maybe that's it's the, the first joke. joke. Maybe that's yeah. the first joke. Is like I'm paying five hundred dollars. Fuck you. Like, yeah. Did you do you find I'm assuming that you're going to say you took an improv class or no? Um, I have taken an improv class. Do you think it's worth the money? Um, I think it's it, it's worth it if you become famous afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> then if, if it does, if you are not good at it and you do not mm-hmm. love it, then yeah. you, no at, at all. I think I think that's like a good a good class for like a high schooler. With, like, with money. With a high schooler with money. If you're if you want to give like your kid a, a leg up in like comedy like just something to push them forward mm. um at like 15 16 put them in improv classes i feel like because they're already used to school and then you get this aspect of oh hey i want to perform professionally and i want to be so comfortable not having had anything rehearsed mm-hmm. and just thinking on my feet and i think that that's a really a uh, valuable skill to have Okay. But like as an adult though. As an adult, that is a, a huge decision that you have to make. <laughs> that your paycheck. That is a is a huge financial decision. But if it you know, if, mm-hmm. if your parent is paying for it, then go for it. Go crazy. Go crazy. Yeah, I took a sewing class. There was a so I took like some time off work last year to I was gonna say find myself, but realistically it was to like get healthy because I was dealing with some health issues. Great. And I needed the stress off uh off my plate. But so I was like, oh, I'm going to take a sewing class. Cute. Sewing class, about as expensive as the improv class. Oh, my God. Um, Very helpful. Learned a lot. It was definitely worth it. However, I did pay for that myself. My parents didn't pay. There was this kid in it. And he was like 16, 17. Yeah. And it was a summer. And he was signed up for like every sewing class. It was a four-week chunk. And so he signed up for like all of the sewing classes and some of them overlapped. And so the teacher knew him very intimately and they were talking about all these sewing classes he's taking. And I like added up how much his parents must've paid for these fucking sewing classes. And it was like $3,500 in sewing. Oh my God. And I was like, is this what having children is like? Right. God, God, I, Oh my, I'm so, I'm dreading. Cause I, I I really want to put my kid in, in in go-karts. Like when he's like, of course you do. Yeah. I really, I really want to. (laughs) Um, and so that's not cheap at all. Mm. That is not cheap at all. Well, and then I'm sure when they keep growing, I don't, I only know go-karting in the context of it is a, the avenue to get into formula one. We've talked about formula one before and I'm sure we'll talk about it at some point during this conversation. Um, But so I just know when I hear Formula One, like gateway drug, I think money. Yeah. And then this, like kids grow. So do you have to just keep buying different sized go-kart? That sounds so expensive. I think so. I think like as they grow, but you can sell the carts. That's the the thing that people don't get about like cars in general is Mm -hmm. that you buy the cart and you, you modify it and all that stuff. But for the most part, it holds its value. The parts themselves hold their value. Okay. Like you'll see if you go on like a forum for a um, some car that you're you're trying to buy, people will have the car and then they'll have part outs where they're taking all of the stuff that they modified onto the car off and then selling that at like some kind of discounted rate or whatever. Okay. So honestly, if a part is like, I don't know, like a thousand dollars 
they'll take off like $300 and that like that that'll be your loss. But at the for the most part, you're kind of getting your money back. You're losing about, you know, about $300 and sure. you, you put that percentage on whatever, you know, whatever you are selling or however much that is. But it's not as big of a loss as people think. So do they put the stock parts back into the car yeah. and then they sell the vehicle? They sell the vehicle. At whatever yeah. depreciation. Mm -hmm. How interesting. That sounds yeah. like a huge pain in the ass. It is. It is. Um, but yeah. It, Would you call it a labor of love? It is a labor of love. Okay. For sure. Got it. Um, especially if you, yeah, especially if you love that car, <laughs> especially if you don't want to drive it anymore. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, God damn it. I have to you know, sell this off because I'm having a kid or I'm, oh. yeah. yeah. Oh, like, so that's why people are selling it. Yeah. I was expecting like another project, but this is like, I need or another to, project, like yeah. buy diapers. Yeah. 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 Okay. Sometimes it's just like, uh, my this is not is the pregnant. same person who's sending their kid to $3,500 worth of sewing classes. No, over the no, summer. no, 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 okay. not at all. Not at all. Um, it is, it is somebody who just got back from like <laughs> active duty <laughs> and it's just like, my wife is pregnant. I have to part out this car okay, and put it out. back to stock. Yeah. Sick. Something I like doing about these podcasts is I get to sound like I know things about niche industries yeah. because it's like, Hey, did you, you're going to part out your car? Dude. Oh my God, dude. <laughs> like you really got to fucking dive into niches. Cause I feel like a lot of, when you start pulling out random knowledge that Ooh. you at a party and and people are like oh okay where did you find this that intelligent this guy not even intelligent he knows, just, shit. He knows stuff this person around is the worldly world. yeah worldly even better than intelligent i worldly. think that's way better than yeah. intelligence if if somebody's like been to amsterdam for three months and then they come back mm -hmm. and they're t telling you random facts about amsterdam I'm like, oh, this person is well-traveled. This person is of the world. So the problem, though, mm -hmm. is 90% of people who are doing that are pretentious as fuck. Yeah. And very annoying. And I yeah. say that as a pretentious person, but I think I balance that pretty pretty well yeah i don't i don't you don't read pretentious at thank all. you i'm extremely pretentious <laughs> okay great. especially about movies great okay. um but i feel like that that is a hard balance being worldly and not an asshole yeah yeah i think it's um somebody i forgot some, who, where i heard this from or what book but um when you are uh talking to somebody who is intelligent they make you feel like the most intelligent person mm. on the planet i like that but if you are talking to somebody who is an asshole <laughs> they seem like an intelligent person i i like that a lot yeah i yeah, feel yeah. like that feels adjacent to the whole being kind versus nice because right. nice like people who are nice are genuine are generally trying to manipulate people's ideas yeah. of who they are right where somebody who's kind will maybe say no or be firm yeah. but it's because they like are doing it out of a place of kindness rather than like ensuring yeah. that you think that they are nice yeah i have um my, one of my buddies is probably the kindest person i mm -hmm. have ever met while also being one of the meaner people i've ever met. all so right he's, he's mean and con like he is somebody who like if he sees you slip up in some way he's mm -hmm. he's on it you know and he's yeah. a comedian so he's just like i'm i'm going to make fun of you yeah but um like for his wedding gifts he gave us like gold bracelets <laughs> like he's oh. he's rich but like <laughs> he's, he's he, i'm sorry he is a rich person he's okay, a very okay. wealthy and yeah, a successful yeah. person good for this um, guy. good for him yeah um but he yeah he'll he doesn't have do to part like out that. his car he doesn't have to part out his car no. he will just be like i i'm on to the next project and then if you want this car you can have it 
He's like, that rich. He's that type of person. Wow. Yeah. I aspire to that. Yeah. I would love to be so wealthy that I can just give my things away to people and yeah. not like give real things. I think that like yeah. I'm on my route because I try to do that. Like, yeah. for example, if I'm upgrading PC parts or upgrading right, right, equipment, right, right. I try just to just give it away. Yeah. Um, especially because I think there's so many people who are starting out and they, you know, it's, it, it is an expensive barrier to entry, yeah, yeah, absolutely. but I would love nothing more than to get super wealthy. Yeah. And then yeah. if I'm done with like my car or something and like my, it's not that my car's destroyed or anything. I'm just mm -hmm. like, Hey, I like you drove my car once you really liked it and you know, I'm giving it away. Like I'm getting rid yeah. of it. Do you just want to take it? Do you want this? Like I want that yeah, so bad. So bad. Oh my God. Um, there, uh, there was a movie. Um, it was like something fortune. I gotta, I gotta yeah, look, this look up. it up. It's Are you an IMDb guy? I'm an IMDb yes, guy. Yes, yeah, Garrett, yeah, this yeah, is yeah, why yeah. we're friends. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. I love I Also, who does anybody fact check the trivia in IMDb? Because um, I live and die by that. And if it turns out it's like a Wikipedia situation, it I'm, is a Wikipedia <sighs> situation. But, um, I mean, so sometimes it is very true. You know, yeah. but other times, you know, I've, I've listened to many uh, episodes of Smart List where they are reading the, the Wikipedia. Yeah. And <laughs> the guest is like, that's not true. That's, that's just not what it is. Um, The movie's called Operation Fortune. Okay. Um, it, It's with Jason Statham. It's a Guy Ritchie movie. And I, I love Guy Ritchie's writing so fucking much. But uh, Hugh Grant's character mm -hmm. in that movie uh, comes across his favorite actor who drove a red, I, I think it was like a 67 um, Ford Mustang. Mm -hmm. They're like a fastback. Fastback? What does that mean? So it's like sloped in the back. It's oh, okay, got it. Um, to go faster. To go faster. <laughs> it, <laughs> got it just it. looks copy, faster. Copy. <laughs> um, it, uh, and his character, uh, Stunt, drove that car in, in the movie that he was doing his own stunts in. Mm -hmm. um, and he came to Hugh Grant's place and Hugh Grant is a huge fan of this actor. He sees the actor, sees the car and he's like, Oh my God, is this, I love this car so much. Oh my God. I, I drove one in mm -hmm. so-and-so movie. And he was like, Oh, that is the car from the movie. And he's like, Oh man, that's, that's crazy. They didn't even let me have it. They didn't mm -hmm. let me keep the car. I, I, I really wanted to buy it. Yeah. And he was like, Oh, okay, cool. Well, it's yours. <laughs> See, I want to do that. You, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I, I, I uh, love that type of shit. That's amazing. That's like the only point to like having money, I feel, I think so. is to like kind of give it away yeah, and have it, it and still yeah. be okay. Yeah. I guess you could make an argument that you could just give away money now, yeah, but I don't want to do that. No, 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 no. It's got to be, an, I, I need an amount to where I wouldn't even feel the effects. That's what I want. Yeah. But yeah. however, the, well, like, I feel like the people, because I've been in odd situations where I'm in very close proximity to extremely wealthy people. Yeah. And like when I'm saying extremely, I mean like, like billionaires Yeah, where it's like, you don't feel this. Right. And they, it feels like they do. They act like they feel they, it. They act like they feel it. And I'm curious like what the different, where the split is between the people who, cause there, I've also know wealthy people. I mean, we live in LA. Yeah. I know wealthy people who don't have a billion dollars right. and who definitely give their wealth away in that yeah. capacity. And I wonder just like what the defining characteristic, what is yeah. it between the two? It's definitely not financial. I think yeah. it is, I think it is a, a personality that, that will make you more generous than not. Yeah. I don't, I, yeah, I have no idea. Like, huh? it is very weird that a billionaire wouldn't just be like, no, you can have anything in this house. And I, I, I could give two shits about it. Um, yeah. but I, that, again, I could, 
you know, make me a billionaire. I, I have that trait. That, I'll give something to that people. That sounds like a really fun social experiment. You should start a GoFundMe for it. I would love that. That's I really good. Give me a billion dollars and I will change the world. <laughs> I'll be generous, I swear. I'll be generous, I swear. I deserve this. I'll pay it forward. Yeah. Wait, I want to go back to your comment about, I also, I want to go back to two things. One yeah. is we left off on the improv thing yeah. of like how you're doing what you're doing. Right. Two is you mentioned you love Guy Ritchie's writing. Yes. As a writer, like what stands out to you? What do you like about his writing? <clears throat> he's uh he's quirky. He's quirky mm-hmm. in a way where every every character um ha- always has like the perfect comeback mm. or a slight non sequitur uh responding to the other person that like has enough like subtext to where it like feels like they they are actually responding but in a really really clever way. Mm-hmm. Um I can't think of an example too like like it's just not like gonna come off the top of my head but tell me if i'm understanding correctly while you may or may not be thinking of an example so it's something it almost feels like his writing feels very clean almost not comic book but where it feels like it is very quippy and fast and it is almost surreal in that way yeah it's very it's very british if that makes Mm. sense and i mean he's using american actors now but yeah, it is it is extremely extremely British where where every yeah, everybody is just speaking in uh e- either being extremely cle- clever mm-hmm. or sarcasm. Um yeah. in a in a nice way that's not like tongue in cheek or not oh, here's a punchline. It is it is just these are funny people dealing with like dangerous circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. Man, you are a writer. That was a good line. <laughs> Um, see, I'm sure you're, you're fine at press. I haven't actually, if I'm honest, I didn't watch any of the clips. I just looked up your name and I was like, Hey, I know this guy's too press. That's crazy. Um, okay. So back to the improv thing. So you didn't take the improv class. Did not take the improv class. Could Mm -hmm. not afford improv. Um, and so I was like, well, what is something very cheap I could do? And it was stand up, which is free. Um, for the most part, I think you just have to pay some mics. Uh, some mics are paid where you like. How much? Like fifty bucks? Five dollars. Oh, yeah, which is like five. But you were do. I was doing like five mics a night, or three or four. Oh my gosh! Three to five. I'm sorry, three to five mics a night. That's a lot. Yeah. How many nights a? How well? Like five nights a week. I would probably. As a oh, this is what you dropped out. Yeah. yeah, Okay. Yeah. Um. So I didn't. I hadn't dropped out yet. This was like a year into school, and I was like, all right, well, that doesn't feel good. Um, this whole like situation doesn't feel great, but let me at least try this stand up thing. And okay. so I would go to the improv open mic on Melrose, uh, most Tuesdays. And I would just sit in the back and just watch people do mm-hmm. stand up and do like just to see what this whole world was, what the vibe was. And I'm coming into stand up thinking, oh, this is something that people kind of just go on stage. Um, someone found out that they were funny and they went on stage for an hour, not rehearsing anything. And they were just hilarious. Yeah. And so I didn't think of like the writing side of stand up. Mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, this is, you know, this is what people do. And going to that mic really broke the illusion where it's just like, oh, these are people working things out for however long. And I think I fell in love with the process of watching someone start at one place with a joke coming back the next week, hearing them like tweak it in a way to mm-hmm. where it was very unfunny to where now this thing is like the hilarious and like at the 
you know, top tier writing, like a top tier joke that I've, I've heard. Mm-hmm. Um, so I fell in love with that track. And then um, as I was like sitting in the back all the time, uh, the host noticed that I was back there pretty mm-hmm. often. And he was like, hey, man, do you want to, are you a stand up? Do you want to, you want to try this? And I was like, oh, no. You said no? I said no. I said no. But I introduced myself, told him, you know, my name and all that mm-hmm. stuff. And I was like, oh, I've been thinking about it, but I don't know. Is your name actually Garrett Bernard? <laughs> it is. Because that's like a, re- it's a good, like, that's a good name. It's a, it's Regal. I'm a junior. Yeah. So my, <gasps> no way. My dad's name is Garrick oh, Bernard. Garrick, so. that's yeah. perfect. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you have a really good, like, people it's, should be saying my name, like, more so than just, like, roll call or something. Like, yeah. It's like, I, it's a good name. It's, I mean, I feel like your name is similar where it's two syllable, two syllable. Sydney Goodman. Is that, is that it? I think Garrett so. Bernard. Yeah, yeah. Sydney Goodman. Yeah. yeah. It just flows. It does. And then I think there's something about when it when it's three syllables first and then two, it doesn't sound as good. Do you have an example? Um, no. <laughs> like uh, fuck you, person with the yeah. poor syllable distribution. Yeah, I mean, let's look at their I mean, we, yeah. we've got Jason Statham. Um, okay. that's that's the two. And then if it's one to two, Guy Ritchie is also mm, very also fun. Very um you are i can see the engineering brain yeah this is so the interesting lo- the logic so how it. was it i don't want to skip ahead in your story too much so yeah. fill in blanks if i'm skipping ahead too much. Okay. well wait wait so he asked you to i was gonna get when you get to it i want to know like how it was telling your parents okay because if you did the mechanical engineering to appease your parents yeah like that that conversation okay. is hard i yeah. also had to have that conversation yeah so uh, Okay, so um, that that conversation was was, but that's jumping forward a okay. little bit. But you know, back to 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 him, um, and, and me doing those mics or whatever, or like seeing people go up. Um, I give my name, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just like, yeah, I'm just just trying to see what the what the vibe is. Came back the next week, and my name was on the list for the open mic. No. Okay. It's like, um, yeah, he, I, I got to, I mean, uh, uh, Peter Banachowski was his name. Peter. And what a good name, though. Peter Banachowski. Peter Banachowski. Banachowski. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, and they could be like, Banny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just, it just felt, it just feels good off the tongue. Yeah. But, yeah, um, so I guess, I guess the rule would be either. Peter. Yeah. Yeah, it just has to be your last name should be more syllables than your first than your name. Your first name, yeah. I also think from like a, an aesthetic standpoint, like it has to it looks like balance. Yeah, yeah. you need to ba- but I think the asym- it neither needs to be perfectly balanced yeah. or there has to be asymmetry favoring the last name. The, the last name, yeah, yeah. For sure. Okay, um, so Peter, he yeah. put you on there. How did your stomach like what did you do? My stomach fell into the floor. Um, I was like, uh, I don't know. Cause these are, uh, again, these are people that I've been watching for yeah. months now uh-huh. that I am now having to perform for yeah. that. You know, I am, I am the person, I am the epitome of a wallflower. I will stay in the back corner of a room and you will never see me. Yeah. Um, I think that's so interesting as I've gotten to know you. Cause I remember when we first met, wow, we're deep in this conversation and not mm-hmm. indulge this information yet. We first met at Buzzfeed Yeah, we did. and you're really quiet. Yeah. Extremely. And I forget about that because at this point, like, you know, we're, 
we're friends, yeah. so we speak. Yeah. Um, but I forget that you're you are like very wallflowery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. very, very reserved. Um, mm-hmm. I think I again I think I picked that up from Garrett Bernard Sr. My dad is very quiet. He's very, very uh, stoic yeah. guy that just will stoic. sit in a, yeah, sit in the corner and mm-hmm. will excuse himself mid conversation because his his social battery is up. He's that honestly type. I respect that boundaries, <laughs> yeah. man. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. Um so your stomach's in the floor. Stomach's in the floor. Go up. Go on stage. I am, um, yeah, I'm, I'm bombing, like, awfully. Like, I had... What was... Where did you start? Like, what is your even... My inclination, if somebody just, like, threw me up there, would be to try to tell a story. Try to tell a story. Um, but I had already... I had been studying comedy for, for however long. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... I saw, I was writing jokes, so I had oh, you like were. I was yeah I had like little things jotted down in uh-huh. my little notes app. What kind of things are you like observations? Just or? very observational. Okay. So as I'm studying people who were at these mics, so I'm like, oh, these are the jokes that are doing well. Okay. And so this is the style that I need to have. And so I was just like mimicking their style that I I had seen already. And then of course like people like Hannibal Burris, uh, John Mulaney, um. Kurt Metzger was a big, big one for me as well. But like, mm-hmm. yeah, so I was I was just mimicking those okay. people that I admired. And then, yeah, it just doesn't work. If you don't have the fucking, if you don't have the fucking like stage presence at mm-hmm. all, you just wind up being corny and okay. like very stiff. What up, what up with that? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> like everybody always does the, uh, what's the deal with, uh, with airline food or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and God, you really, really feel like you are doing an impression of a stand-up a comedian. comedian rather than being a comedian. But in that moment, I saw my, like there was a mirror in the back of uh, the improv and I saw myself holding the mic and like doing stand-up, and I was like, oh, this this feels good. This is Wait, a good look. Wait, that's really cute. Is that typical that they have a mirror like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I'm, no, no. Let me let me not say that uh, because it's not there anymore. Oh. Yeah. So that you're was just, just for you. That was just for me. Wait, that's actually really special. That's cool. Yeah. Are you a visual person? I think so. Oh. Yeah. And so I like I see you just see how it looks on you, or yeah. like you can like imagine. Oh, I if I did this for real, like this is what the picturesque or the picture would look like. Yeah. And that, you know, led to the decision of me like going full on. I, I, there was a group of dudes that were like walking around Mm. and going to the next mic. And I was like, Oh, there, there are multiple. And so I just started following them around. And so they're like, you were following us. Do you want to hang out? That's so nice. Yeah. 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 So would you call the community welcoming? For the most part, yeah. Oh, cool. It's welcoming. And then once they, if they realize, I feel like when they, for that first year, they realize that you are, uh, like this, I, if I were to put any steps on it, it would be, oh, you're new to this. Let's like show you where you need to go and what you need to do, what you need to focus on. And then there is like, a judgment phase of like, are you actually trying to do this? Or is this like something that your acting coach told you to do in order to be more comfortable on stage or in front of the camera? And then you're still around. Now it's like, like maybe like a year in now you're like, okay, are you getting better from the last time I saw you? Are you writing new jokes from the last time I saw Mm -hmm. you? And that's like the, 
this the more nerve-wracking one because you're like writing new material all the time and you're not really getting enough time to develop it mm -hmm. um and then there is the expectation of like if if you're not funny <laughs> now you're just bad can now you you're just shitty at develop this. like humor a sense of humor you think or do you think that there's some people who have it and some people who don't i think there's some people who have it some people who don't mm -hmm. um i think that comedy is hard to teach i think that you could be a good stand-up but for some reason people who are naturally funny they're they're just going to be a better because they're going to learn how to do stand up because of how funny they are. Mm -hmm. And then they will just become an incredible comedian. Like, how, how would you describe the like, how would you describe the tr characteristic of being funny? Like what makes somebody funny? I think like timing is a good one. Okay, and being yeah. able to feel where timing is and when it needs to happen is another big one mm -hmm. or is is a is a huge one for me. Um, And then also like having the mindset of wanting to challenge um challenge yourself in coming up with a take that nobody else has thought of or trying to come up with a take on something that people think about and talk about but like trying to like figure out a way around it to like either make fun of it or I don't know, seem clever or mm -hmm. smart or, or what have you. I, th I feel like a lot of comics are getting into the philosophy or a philosopher angle of That's things so right funny. now. I was literally just going to ask you, do you think that comedians are like philosophers of our time? No, no, no. I think that we think very deeply. Yeah. And because a lot of uh, jokes come from conversations and because you're talking about, you know, deep dark thoughts most of the times mm -hmm. behind closed doors with like friends of yours or other people who aren't comics and then they're just like wow this is actually a really smart way to think about things it's a very very logical way to think about things and then you take that and you're like wow i'm a, i'm an actual philosopher i'm just going to go on stage with this and then not make a joke at all i don't i don't love that you know mm -hmm. i don't i don't think that that's a fun way to do it. I do think that you, you, I don't know, you really have to like think of something absurd and then try to convince people that it's less absurd through being funny, hmm. through a punchline or through okay. like making fun of how ridiculous this sounds up top. Is there like a structure, there's a structure to comedy. So like what would there, what would you call the structure of a joke? Um, set or, up in punchline afterwards. Is that is that simple? Yeah. In quotes, simple. Yeah. In quotes, simple. Yeah. Um, a lot of people do like, you know, their punchline is a misdirection. I mean, it, I, honestly, my buddy uh, Danny Jollis, uh, very, very funny comedian, very, very good in the sense of like, I am waiting to hear like his next joke because he has such a good structure. Um, he has a special on YouTube uh, that's really good. Um but he sets his up like magic tricks to where there is a misdirection up top and then there's a prestige at the end where he like proves the misdirection and all of this stuff and i'm like oh this is fucking huh. crazy wait what's his name again danny jollis danny jollis like g j o l l, -L, -L, -L -E -S. I, yes okay yeah. interesting so how conscious 
like when you're sitting down and developing material, Mm -hmm. how consciously are you thinking about structure or is it something where it's like you get what you think is funny? Cause you're a funny person, but I don't know how much of that is on instinct and how much of that is like in training. Yeah. But so like you have an observation or you have like a joke and then you apply the structure afterwards to like kind of what's it called? Punch it up. Yeah. Yeah. I think you, I think it is more instinctual for me in in circum certain circumstances. Um, cause I will, I will think of something funny off of instinct and then I'll say it once and then I get to the structure side of things mm. where I'm like, okay, well I need to get to this on the third punchline or whatever, or I need to think of like three or four tags on this. Usually it's just three. Um, or yeah, or I, I, I'll, I'll figure out a way to set it up to where you're not expecting the punchline as much. Cause I mean, mm-hmm. comedy is about surprise, you know, yeah, it's playing not with a, expectations. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's you setting up a mental frame from someone for someone for an audience and then stealing that mental mm-hmm. frame from them and like pulling a rug from underneath them. Yeah. Um, and you know, into a pit of laughs, if that makes sense. <laughs> It's very kind. Uh, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. Ah. I think in like the artistic realm, I've thought, spent a lot of time thinking about like how intentional are people actually and right. how much is, you know, happens like on an unconscious or subconscious level. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, do you have any thoughts on that? Because I don't know that I land in an, a, a specific camp with it. Yeah, I don't I don't know. Um. I will say that people who are, who feel like they're naturally funny, and I believe this for myself, I have just been exposed to funny people very, very early on Mm -hmm. and have subconsciously absorbed what it is that they do in order to make people laugh. Because because I think comedy is so reactionary Mm -hmm. or like laughs is just like an involuntary reaction to something said um as i mean as i was growing up my all of my aunts and uncles are are very funny i my household is funny my dad is funny and so i would watch all of the things that he would say at like five or whatever Mm -hmm. and just notice that this person is laughing at this point why they're laughing what he said you know, how quiet he is at first. And then he just says something very dark and you're like, where the fuck did that come? That came from that man in the corner. Yeah. yeah so, um, yeah. And, and I feel like from watching him and seeing like, see, you know, watching sitcoms and all that stuff and watching a straight man, uh, character, set up a punchline for someone else where it's just like their response is funny and like my dad is same thing like if somebody said something off off putting he would come in with like a punchline that was very very you know dark or like funny um and so it was essentially with writing jokes trying to figure out something to respond to so you're Mm -hmm. like your setup would be something that i would be like doing a punchline to sure but like at the end of the day, it is me responding to this ridiculous thing that I set mm-hmm. up um, as if someone said it. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, wait. So hmm. I feel like I can talk to you a lot. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying I'm trying to like rein this in a little bit. Okay. How would you describe what you do? Because you do a lot. Of, you do a lot, Gary. 
I, I, I actually find it really inspiring, honestly, really? how much you do. Well, because I think that you're building yourself like a universe where it seems like you're just doing a bunch of things that mm. make you happy and yeah. earn you money. Yeah. And that's kind of like the ideal kind of Venn diagram. Yeah. I think, I think it is like very Venn diagram, mm -hmm. like where I, I try to do things that are all, all dealing with comedy. I try to only do comedy, comedic things, but I feel like with stand up, it teaches you how to act and perform and in a, in a weird way where on the performance side, you're, you know, you're, you're doing act outs or whatever. You're making your face a certain way to sell a joke more. Um, in front of people. Mm -hmm. You didn't like I was making a face to just to yeah. sell it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, what? <laughs> this is my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess your thumbnail right there. Um yeah, you're you're doing all of those things. Um, and then you're also writing for yourself. Mm -hmm. And so as long as on the performance side, you you go and you like take acting classes or you um try to figure out how to how what you are I don't, I don't, I don't know if it's like comedic or or whatever, but what your performance style is through mm -hmm. like acting classes or through like traditional training, you can go off and, and be an actor or an actress. Um, and then on the writing side, you're writing for yourself all the time and you're writing jokes and whatnot. And then if, as long as you take your, uh, teach yourself like story structure and how to format a script, then you can go on the writer side. So I did both of those things. And so I moved over to that, that angle and just kind of put myself out for roles. And then like, I feel like a lot of stand-ups getting, get into TV writing, um, which is what I got into first. And on the performance side, it's just like, yeah, I'll, I'll go out for auditions because I'm a stand-up, I'm front facing. And, and then I got uh, a role on something so that, yeah, that kind of mm -hmm. just checked was out. Was that like your first, was that your first role? Yeah. That was my first like stop shut the front door. Yeah. We're talking about your role. What's your character's name? Uh James on James. Single Drunk Female. On Single Drunk Female. Yeah. A television show television that people show? watch. Yeah. Wow. Wait, so that was your first role. Yeah. That was my first role on te television. Yeah. Garrick, wait. How many auditions did you like do before you landed a role? Not necessarily like callbacks, da da da, yeah. but like how many things did you put yourself out for before oh, you got a role? Too many. It was like, um, and this, I, I, I feel like whenever people are like, what, what do you do um, in order to, I don't know, quote unquote, make it mm -hmm. in Hollywood, you kind of just, people say like, oh, I got lucky. And I very, very much did get lucky. Mm -hmm. But you make your own luck. For or sure. you force your luck. Where it's just like, uh, luck is when time makes preparation. Mm-hmm. I feel like it is when, um, you know, time meets desperation, I feel like, in a weird way. Because you just keep doing it. Yeah. You I, 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 I want to say I went out for, like, upwards of, like, 100 auditions. I was say, are we in three digits? Yeah, 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 yeah. It was just, it just, and then Zoom really ramped that up because it's just like, well, well whatever. It's, it's, I'm sitting there in front of a... Uh, uh, my computer yeah, and I'm doing a self tape or I'm auditioning or reading with a reader and the producers are watching me over zoom. And that's all it is. Yeah. And you, you, 
hear no so many times that you're like, all right, well, this isn't going to change my life regardless. Mm -hmm. um, that seems healthy. Yeah. And then at one point it does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Would no. you say your life has changed? I want to go to the, I want to make sure we go to the writing thing too, but yeah. like, would you say that your life has changed with um, single drunk female? Yeah, I think so. Wow. Um, yeah. I think it got to that point um, after the second season premiered and I was like, oh, this is different. This what is what is different? Um, I I think because you're not on a one season show, people behind closed doors will, you know, mention you in a different tier. If that mm, makes sense. Interesting. Yeah. So like that Garrick Bernard Jr. Yeah, that Junior. He's a he's yeah he's on the up and up. <laughs> um, yeah. To where uh you'll instead of being like. Oh, is it okay if I audition for for this? People are like, here is not an offer, but you're going to skip a couple rungs on this, mm -hmm. like this this ladder, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's weird. I didn't realize I was. In the I would have cleaned up a little bit more. No, oh God, no. Jesus. I don't. I don't <laughs> think my person personal life has changed much, though. I think, like, professionally, yeah, it's changed. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about writing. Yeah. Um, you're a badass writer. Yeah, this is the thing I'm more comfortable with. <laughs> yeah, are you technically you were a writer at Buzzfeed? What was your title there? A writer. Yeah. Writer. You're yeah. a writer. Yeah. Okay. So, wait. Did you? How old? Are, sorry, am I allowed to ask that? Is that kosher? Yeah. How old are you? I'm 31. You're 31. Okay. Yeah. So you're just a little bit older than me. Mm. So wait, what did you do in between? In between. I'm doing stand up yeah. and BuzzFeed. I worked at Verizon. You worked at Verizon. <laughs> I the at phone, Verizon. like the phone store, or, the or for like the um, what's it? Not upper man, corporate. Yeah, the, it was a corporate Verizon store, so it oh. was uh like Verizon branded, mm -hmm. uh not like a, an offshoot or something like that that like sells uh, other Verizon products or something mm -hmm. like that. This is one where you can go and set up. Verizon service because my sister got me that job. Oh, um, thanks, sister. Yeah, thanks, sister. Uh, so that was a lot. That that also proved because I don't I don't think I I know a lot of funny people that aren't funny off the cuff, and yeah. I feel like I can think of a funny joke sometimes, but not all the time, and that makes you a very good salesman. If you're mm. really a really good talker and I am not a very good talker. So I was yeah. an awful salesman and I was also very, very focused on just doing stand up. Yeah. You're like, this is the job. Yeah. So I'm realizing that we skipped the part where you told your parents that you were not going to be an engineer. Oh God. Yeah. That was, I <laughs> you okay with reliving that one? Yeah. That was, that was a lot. I don't think we, we really had a full conversation mm. Um, I just was like, oh yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm moving out. And then I just didn't talk about school in depth and in detail for like a while. Mm -hmm. And then I ran, I wound up telling them. And then my mom and I had like this very, like, uh, I don't want to say it was aggressive, but it was, it was, it was uncomfortable. It was okay. very, very uncomfortable. It wasn't a lot of, a lot of screaming. It was just like her being realistic about expectations and whatnot mm. and like bringing in other family members and whatnot and, and what they tried to do. And that made me feel like really weird because I was, you know, I, 
I was uh, funny as a child. Like I was like yeah. without, you know, patting myself on the back too much. I was like funny. So like if it seemed like it was just this huge shock to for, them, to them okay. for me to go down this path. And you and said, I, was, I want to be a stand-up comedian. Yeah. Okay. And she was like, why? What? Blah, 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 blah. You're not even like, that funny. Yeah, exactly. That's what it felt oh. like. That's what it felt like. Yeah. And it was just like, oh, well, I mean, you're going to be on the streets, essentially. And I was like, what the? F like, pay attention. I, I, I feel like if I were to do anything for a, a parent without being a parent, like mm -hmm. any advice for a parent, uh, pay attention to your kid. That's all. Like, pay attention to yeah. what your kid is into and what they do without even thinking about it. Uh, what, like, what kind of personality they're modeling themselves after or what kind of activity they're modeling themselves after. Because it, it shouldn't be as much of a surprise as it was for her. Mm -hmm. And so that, like, that, like, kind of set me off a little bit. And then we didn't talk much yeah. for, like, a couple of years. That's hard to not feel seen by your... By your family. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Because I, I was very similar in that I, well, I ended up graduating, but mm -hmm. I went all the way through thinking I was going to be first a surgeon and then a dentist. Yeah. And um, I grew up, though, writing skits, yeah. performing them, yeah. recording myself, and then editing them. Yeah. And I had like a, what's it called? Like a skit show with, yeah. that I would force my friends to be in. And I did that from like third grade until like high school. Oh my God. Very much. It was something that I was very passionate about. And then when yeah. I told my parents like, Oh, I think I want to like do things in front of the camera. I want to entertain people. They were like, how yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah. It's like, well, wait a minute. And I don't know, like you were saying, I think that, you know, I'm not a parent and it's more complicated right. than that. But I think what I gleaned is similar to you and yeah. that you just feel very kind of almost confused. Like, it's like, wait a minute, this is very obvious. Yeah. It's very <laughs> obvious. It's been obvious to yeah. me telling my sister, my brother, my, my cousins that are closest to me in age that I was pursuing this. They were like, yeah, obviously. Mm -hmm. And and then telling my my parents is like you you weren't even paying attention to other family members that were like, no, he should be doing this. This is yeah. just like I don't want to say built for it, but like it it, it makes, makes sense. sense mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Um Yeah, 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 yeah. So that That's was That's tough though, I'm sorry. Yeah. But so you guys are talking now. Yeah, we're talking okay, now. Because sick. yeah, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Okay, so that's the comedy aspect. Then you're mm -hmm. working at Verizon, and then you end up at BuzzFeed end in up the at BuzzFeed. height of the yeah. meme internet. Oh my god! And you won't believe what happens next. Yeah, um, uh, Quinta. I had met Quinta Brunson mm -hmm. um, through stand up. Okay, uh, um, so you knew her before BuzzFeed. Yeah, I knew her before BuzzFeed. Yeah, it's so funny. I, I don't. I like hardly worked with Quinta. Yeah. I literally like handed her a phone once and was like, "Hey, social needs you to like do an Instagram <laughs> something something." Yeah, she was like, "Yeah, she was awesome," and like I feel so much pride whenever I see oh anything about God. Quinta. I'm like, I handed her the phone. Like, yeah, we worked on a project kind of together one time. Yeah, but yeah. So you knew her from stand up. Knew her from stand up. It there is an immense form of pride to where. I am like a genuinely like saying, yeah, I knew Quinta back in the, back yeah. in the fucking trenches or whatever. 
Um, but yeah, I uh, I met her at uh, Improv Space, which is in Westwood, uh, or was in Westwood. Uh, just had a mic, um, and she. I remember like just pretty much begging her after she got to BuzzFeed. It's like I I don't want to work at Verizon anymore. Can you please, if there's anything that comes up, mm-hmm. just I'll I'll be an intern. I'll be anything. It doesn't matter. I just cannot work at this place anymore. Yeah. And so she developed a project called Broke, and then she brought me on, mm-hmm. me and uh, Kate Peterman on to oh, cool. write for that. Oh, so you guys both started at the same time. Yeah, we did. Cool. And yeah, that was before my time at BuzzFeed when doing scripted mm-hmm. things was definitely more, I feel like, almost in their wheelhouse. Yeah. Very much so than unscripted. Right, right, Okay, right, so right. they brought you on, and then you were like... Wow. Was this the first instance? Did they bring you on for writing? Yeah. Okay. Was this the first instance other than when you're writing your own jokes that you're kind of writing? Writing for someone else and writing Mm -hmm. for, yeah, that's when I really got into um, Dan Harmon's uh, story circle. And so I was just like, oh, this is, this is what. What is that? So he uh, did like a, not, I don't want to say shrunken down, but like a more um, concise version of, of the hero's journey. Okay, got uh, it. For a story, mm-hmm. um, and and it has like really really nice and and clear bullet points of like the things that you really want to hit in a story. Cool. And so when I was like writing, broke uh, with Quinta and Kate, um, I would always trying to at least implement something in that regard. So like BuzzFeed for me was like uh, was was school. You know, it was yeah. me really really learning how, what a comedic voice looks like on page um how to make people laugh on page Mm -hmm. and how things translate from page to on screen yeah um so yeah that was that was definitely like one of the a lot of people like you know you shit on the company all the time but for the learning experience and the people that were there the people that you meet there Mm -hmm. or that we all met there uh fantastic yeah well it's funny you call it like school because i feel like absolutely reflecting on my own experience it was absolutely like school i mean that's where i learned literally anything about production um but then also i think i don't know i don't want to speak for other people that were there but it seems like everybody came away having learned so much whether it was about the internet whether about virality whether it was about like like you're saying kind of like comedy on paper. Yeah. I think it really, yeah. People talk a lot about Buzzfeed, including myself and mm, you know, yeah. the company has its flaws, right. but it was like quite the incubator. Oh, it was a huge incubator. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> incubator. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, yeah, that was, yeah. And, and, and a very, very pivotal and important experience to have. Um, Cause you're, you're making things for like zero money. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're, you're literally just trying to churn, churn things out. Like I yeah. remember Kate and I were, we're trying to do like a, a sketch a day throughout the week, just to like really just crank out numbers just to mm-hmm. not be sitting there for a while. And so, yeah, it was, it was in that regard, like as far as like raw practice of just sitting down and writing. Mm-hmm amazing and i think yeah. that that's the best way to learn how to write a lot of people are like well what 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 class should i take blah blah blah. i'm just like nah don't do that just go out get final draft 
and just start writing things. Final draft is like the program. The, yeah, the program. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Um, when you said Dan Harmon, by the way, you were saying Dan Harmon, like community Dan Harmon. Community Dan Harmon. Got yeah. it, got it, got it, yeah. got it. Mm-hmm. Community movie. Do you think it's going to happen? Oh, yeah, it's happening. Did they say it's happening? Yeah. Oh, never mind. Yeah, community yeah. movie. Um, okay so your writing credentials just like oh my gosh solar opposites yep um what's the lower decks lower decks there's another one that i know but i don't know if that's still a thing or if i'm allowed to say it out loud um oh oh yeah 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 you can say it out yeah rick and morty rick and morty (laughs) have you started well i writer strike yeah but um prior to that like have you like sat down and started yeah 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 so i like it's so fucking crazy like when (laughs) i remember when um dan Harmon came into the room and he like he he introduced himself and he was like oh welcome to the team and he said my name (laughs) like i was trying my hardest not to be like Were you like, I used your one is it called circles or circles circles of turkles or whatever yeah like (laughs) It's like, I use this. Did you for, tell him? No, no, no. no I feel no. like he wouldn't respond well to that. He'd make fun of you. Yeah, I think he'd make yeah. fun of me. For, You'd never live that sure. down. No, at yeah, all. Not at all. all. At all. Um, so yeah, that was a, that was a huge deal for me that I, I didn't even yeah. want to mention, <laughs> you know. I'm mentioning it. No, no, no. Oh, I didn't want to. Him. To him. I'm yeah. like, oh my gosh, that's so fucking cool. It's so wild. It's, oh my gosh. Like, I fucking studied that show for like so many years. When it came out, I remember when I, it came out, I was like, oh, this is perfect. It's crazy because I feel like I like already knew this, but I'm like sitting here being like, it's pretty fucking cool. It's pretty, it's pretty, it's sick. pretty, pretty sick. It's pretty sick. Um, okay. So would you say, I don't know that this is totally a fair question, but I'm going to yeah. ask it anyways. Yeah. Do you feel like you've made it? Um, no, I, I feel like I am a working professional in this in Mm. in the industry but that's a level of making it yeah i think i think like i don't think it's necessarily saying this is your apex but like yes then then yeah if 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 like my foot is firmly in the door yeah and that feels very good and very nice Mm -hmm. and it is it has come to the come to a place where i can be a little bit more choosy as far as like the things that i actually want to do yeah as a working creative how do you kind of reconcile with the impending anxiety that I feel like all working creatives have Yeah. of, oh, cool, I have this project. Yeah. Oh, cool, the project's over. Yeah. Oh, cool, I'm sitting in my house. Right. Oh, cool, no one will ever call me again. How am right. I going to pay my bills? Yeah, that, I, I think that nobody gets over that. <laughs> I don't think nobody, anybody has fully come up with a way that you know because um uh i i I mean i hope i'm i'm allowed to say this but uh the the lead of single drug female sophia she talks about it or i I talk to her about it all the time where she'll say yeah i'm a lead in this thing she's been working since she was like 18. Mm -hmm. um yeah i got this thing and yeah this is great but literally after it's done, I will continuously think about the fact that I'll never work again. And she will yeah. like say this joke where she's like, oh, I'm going to go back to playing a dead girl in in things or, or whatever on CSI or um, this other project that she did. But um, yeah, that is. How do you cope with that, though? So it's a known thing that's like very common. Right. Kind of regardless of what aspect of 
mm-hmm. being a creative, a working creative. Like yeah. it does not matter if you're an actor. It doesn't matter if you're a yeah. producer. Like it really, I mean, I could be wrong, but from the sample size that I have, yeah. it seems like it's pretty universal. It's, like how do you cope with it? You, you have to have a hobby. Get mm-hmm. a fuck. Oh my God. Get a hobby. For the love of God, I am begging all of the creatives, all of that sample size that you know, mm-hmm. and everybody that I know, and anybody in within earshot of my voice, for the love of God, get a hobby. Yeah. Get a hobby. Get something that is completely void of what this is so that you can remember that nothing, like, this isn't the only thing that matters. Mm-hmm. You know, nothing else matters but my job, my career, my, my, you know, my place in the industry, where I stand and all that stuff. That all goes away when you learn knitting, you know, that all <laughs> goes away when you mm-hmm. learn learn how to sew. Yeah. Where you're like, wow, this is another thing that I could like throw my life into. And then you see how many people are very, very good at it and how you are very shitty at it. And it starts to put things in perspective where it's just like, yeah, there are very there are, there are aspects of your life that you will be better at and worse at, and you kind of just have to accept all of it, you yeah. know? And so that you can take that mentality and add it to um, where you are in your career or, or, you know, this person beat me out for this role and all that. And you're like, yeah, well, you know, they they were better than me that day or they were better than me in that situation. But at the end of the day, there's not a lot of things um that i have to like really really focus on i'm I'm, I'm not saying anything right now but hobbies are good yeah hobbies are great this is a really good segue yeah you're a man with a lot of hobbies i have a lot of hobbies okay what's your favorite hobby uh cars for sure for sure okay wait what's the like what are the rest of the hobbies just just so people um i i've been doing muay thai for years uh since i was like uh, um traditionally like to 23 24 okay um does muay thai have belts no okay no it doesn't have just goes on vibes yeah it just goes on vibes uh jujitsu has belts but yeah yeah yeah. did you ever do jujitsu no i I I loved it yeah i had to stop doing it uh for a while because i was like my body was getting pretty beat up yeah yeah, and then like I, this is a lame excuse, but I started growing my nails out again. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this looks so nice. Yeah. And like, I don't have bruises all over my body. Right. Like, mm, I yeah. really like it though. That's fair. It's um, like the best. I love it. Yeah. If you're, yeah. If your nails are grown out, you can't do anything. You can't grab anybody. Yeah. You can't, you're breaking left and right. Yeah. And then like, you get so sweaty, but truthfully, it honestly just came down to the timing. Like yeah. the, the uh, studio that I like or gym that I like, they, uh, they only have like two classes and it's from like seven, it's like seven o'clock. Yeah. And then or maybe it was six o'clock was the more beginner versus advanced. I think you had to be a blue belt to right. go to advance. Yeah. And then I was like, oh man. And then I have to like start getting ready, at like right five at the dot. And right. like then it's like, ah, and I was always stressed. It's, uh, yeah. It's, but Muay Thai. Muay Thai. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, okay. So cars, Muay Thai. You do anything um, else? No, that's it. Those, that's it. I mean, those are two pretty big things. Okay, but you love the cars. Yeah. Oh my god. He loves the cars. Love the car. You taught me how to drive stick. I did. Yeah. 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 I've been wanting to hone it, so I'm going to Japan in August. Yeah. And I've it's been on my mind that I really want a Turo 
Um, you said, I don't remember, I have it written down, but the card that you said that I should keep practicing on. Yes. Because I want to yes. try and, um, I want to go and rent something yeah. fun to drive while yeah. we're out there. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if I even sent it to you. Did you? Um, the, the, the place where you can rent. Oh, you did. You did. Oh, yeah. I did. Okay. What's it called for people who? Um, I don't, I don't remember the name. Omarin? 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 Omoshiro? Omoshiro? Ah. We'll yeah. throw it up there. Yeah, we'll throw it up there. <laughs> but so you, they rent cars though. <clears throat> they rent um, the the typical JDM cars that Sick. you saw on Fast and Furious that are illegal in the States. Mm. So Why are they great. illegal? Do you know? Um, there are different reasons. Like for the GTR, it is just faster than cop cars mm. or it was faster than cop cars in that era yeah. or during that time. And so they were like, you, you, how'd they figure that it. out? Do you think, do I, they always test that? Or are they like, how fast is this I car? I believe go? they, they test like it. every single car. Yeah. That's an interesting logistic of society. Yeah. Cause I'm sure there's other little things yeah. that it's like, oh wow. Somebody yeah. thought about that. Yeah. So like there, there are a lot of, like there are a good amount of cars that are banned in the States because they're too loud. Okay. Or no, I'm sorry. The reverse. They're banned in Europe because they're too loud. They have like oh. a decibel rating that you need to keep oh. cars underneath in order to sell them um, from your production. Mm-hmm. And so they'll sell a like toned down version of it, or like oh. they'll put a lot of silencers in the exhaust or something like that. How so like, interesting. Yeah, I like that rule. Yeah. Do like, I sound like ninety? No, not the at loud all. cars. Get them out of here. I I used to think that, <laughs> and then I realized that I'm just the the asshole that is okay with cars being <laughs> extremely loud. I, yeah, I don't like the like the the people. I don't. Yeah. I was gonna try and do a noise. I don't even know what the noise is. Yeah, it's just it's yeah. annoying. It's an annoying noise. Okay. That's what it is. Yeah. Um. But okay. So you went and drove those like fun. Yeah. GTR cars. Yeah, 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 Sick. yeah. I uh, I got a GTR um, R34, and that was very, very cool. So sick. Yeah, yeah. How did you get into cars? Um, I I'd been into them since I was like really, really small. Okay. Did um, you do karting? I forget. No. Did we talk about this? No, I wish. But you I, race now. I race now. Yeah. yeah. Um, my that was one of those things. I think I was like six or seven. Mm-hmm. Um, and my mom got me this VHS. Because she knew I was in the cars Cute. about like how people get into like Formula One, essentially. Mm, sick. Um, Wait, so you were into Formula One at that young of an age? Yeah. That's niche. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How'd you get into that? Sorry, you're like, not, I'm like cut, asking you questions. You're no. answering them a third of the way and then I'm cutting you off. No, it's, but, it's literally because of that tape that she got me. I oh, had no okay. idea about any of this stuff. And then... I saw these like cars with huge tires on the sides of them in this video and learning about them, learning about how I I think Ayrton Senna was in that. Mm. And so I knew about like the Marlboro um, M4 McLaren that he had. And so I was like obsessed with that car, Mm. but not really knowing about the world. And I knew that he was in go-karts. And so I okay. was like, when he was really small, and I was like, "Mom, this is like the the small version of this thing. If I can just do that, maybe I can do that." And because it's like an open, you know, canopy, there's no like you no know, covering or anything like that. So if mm. you crash, you're you're hitting your head, you're hitting you know your your back. Or Sounds whatever. bad for your brain. Yeah, not yeah. not good for your brain. Um, at this point, my mom was a nurse, so she was very <laughs> much not into that. She was like, "No." Yeah, fair, yeah, fair, yeah, yeah. fair. So, Garrick's mom. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So she was very against it, um, but she couldn't stop the obsession uh, uh, until this point. And yeah, how old were you when you started racing? 
maybe like 27. Okay. What kind of racing do you do? Uh, time attack. So I, that, that is where you are doing qualifying essentially. Okay, so whoever cool. has the fastest time in your division or in your class, mm. um, they win. And I'm like, not great. I'm okay. Um, to where I'm, I'm faster than some, but like not at the top, the top tier, there is like a huge jump and then a huge plateau and another huge jump that I have to get to, um, okay. in order to, so you're like, like an Alpine or something. I'm like an Alpine. Okay. I'm not a Williams, but not, I'm a, not quite a Williams, not quite but, a Williams, but maybe an Alpine. Yeah. Cause I feel like Alpine, I mean, by the time this comes out, it'll be, we'll be well past Monaco, yeah. but like we got yeah, a podium yeah Ocon was yeah, yeah he Ocon's was up, up there. there that I what I like about Formula One so I'm a newer Formula One fan yeah and um what I like about it is it's like even though it's just like a bunch of rich like for the most part Richie Riches just yeah. like running around in their fast cars yeah um it's so easy to like root for whoever yeah in a way you know like when Ocon got up I was like Good, good, good for you. Because I'm so happy. He's so excited. He's yeah. so excited about it. It's like you know that this like made his his year. Oh, probably like he's gonna be telling his Just grandkids. Let, like oh I, my. I was on, I was on the steps at Monaco. Sick. That's so sick. Yeah, like yeah. it's easy. I'm not. I would not consider myself an Alpine fan, but yeah. like. It's just for nice that to moment. See. I yeah. was like, you know what? I like this. Yeah. This and nice. then like Monaco was all about qualifying. So mm -hmm. he qualified third. Yeah. Which is like, I, I mean, it's a really tight track. So the performance of the car doesn't really matter as much. Mm -hmm. And it is more as much as, as, much as how, how good of a driver you are. Oh, okay. It's more like Got more it. driver focus. Um, and I think, it will, I don't remember. I think it's like 15 minutes for qualifying. Yeah. Um, I don't know how long Q3 is, but. I think yeah. it's 15. Yeah. So it's like 15 minutes. And so you are literally just trying to bomb it down this hill in this like very, very tight barrier focus track. And the fact that he got to third in a car that is very underpowered is fantastic. Yeah. You know? Oh, totally. Yeah. Totally. I do hate that. That means Verstappen is as good of a driver as he yeah, is. Yeah, yeah I like no, blaming it on the Red Bull car. And be yeah. like, you're, you're in a Red Bull vehicle. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. No, calm he's down. Very, but he's, he's, he's a very talented driver. It's unfortunate, but he's it's, very good. He's so easy to dislike. Yeah. Speaking of liking everybody in Formula One and rooting for everyone, it's also very fun to have somebody that you just have such a what's the what's the opposite of affinity? I don't want to say hatred, but it's yeah, like it, uh, a lack of affinity a, for a lack of affinity. Yeah. Um you are actively rooting against. So yeah, I don't know. It's nice. Like every time Checo, I don't even know that I like Checo that much, but every yeah. time Checo wins instead of him, I'm like <coughs> Good for Checo. Yeah, we yeah. love it. Like yeah. I think it'd be so funny yeah. if Checo won the driver's championship oh this my season. God. I would love it because also um Master Stappen's dad, Joss Verstappen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um he he like forced him to become as good of a driver as he is it was like a mm -hmm. a, a very much a, a um i don't know tiger dad type of yeah. mentality uh it was well, like i've seen stories yeah yeah didn't he like leave him like at a gas station, at a gas station? Yeah. <laughs> yeah after he like didn't win 
So it's like stuff like that. That feels very Talladega Nights. Yes, it does. Yeah. But like for a five-year-old. It's so absurd that it has to be in a comedy with Will Ferrell. Insane. That's, wow. Interesting. You walk, losers walk home. Like that type of stuff to your child. Like that's so emotionally abusive. It's insane. And then now he's like the, like dark side yeah i don't know why i could see him being like a sith lord or something yeah i think he's just um very blunt and direct because it's just like this is all i know for sure of like yeah uh if you don't win then what is what does it mean like none of this means anything okay. if i'm not winning absolutely if you're see maybe he is very talented at night it's coded. Yeah. like yeah if you're not first you're last, you're not first, you're last yeah. you have a formula one podcast yeah i do how do you find the time man the formula one because you I also need... have another podcast yes. with kelsey and zach, zach. right yeah, yeah yeah um that one that one is i mean they're both just fun yeah. you know it's it's you talking about the race so that's whenever a race happens it's not like weekly or anything like what's that what's the name of it plug it the formula ones the formula ones under the flagrant ones uh podcast Cute. Network. i don't yeah. know that i put that together until you just said that yeah yeah it's, it's, good. Under, their, it's good under their patreon mm-hmm. so Cute. yeah so it's just like whenever whenever we have time <laughs> we do yeah. that one and then for guilty pleasures that's out every monday mm-hmm. um and we, it's it's just me watching movies yeah. And most of the time they're movies that I haven't seen and need to see because if if you are trying to get into writing, just know that writers' rooms are just you talking about movies or film or things that you've watched and coming up with different re- references to them mm-hmm. um, or way that you can implement this thing that you liked. It's it's literally just people trying to see your taste and put it onto, uh, you know, a script that you wrote or something like yeah. that. Oh my God, Garrick, I could talk to you forever. You're going to have to come <laughs> back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so I have one more question for you and then we're going to mm-hmm. do like a few hot takes. Yeah. Um, but this is like a very like ephemeral question. Yeah. I've been thinking about this a lot and this is my first time articulating it outside my brain. Yeah. But I thought you would have a good perspective. Okay, so people want to be celebrities, right? And celebrities are theoretically on like the hierarchy of culture. Yeah. They're at the top, right? right? Whether the celebrity is a performer, an influencer, an athlete, Mm. you name it. Great. But are celebrities actually at the top because one, there's like a somewhat of a dehumanization happening. Yeah. But also they exist to entertain us. Yeah. So like who holds the power? Right. Um, I think at the end of the day, the fans do because that celebrity is in the court of public opinion, mm-hmm. which then causes them to either expose flaws in a very um, endearing way mm-hmm. or um, hide their flaws in a like very like scary and like terrifying and like nerve-wracking way to where you're just like oh i'm an i'm an i'm an idol i'm a god or whatever Mm -hmm. and these are the things that i can do and be and these are the reasons why you should hold me to a higher standard when in actuality i am just a human being like Mm -hmm. i think 
I think that the only reason why people think that celebrities are at the top of culture is because they don't show their flaws at all. Like you never see this person being a human being. You're just seeing them be this um, uh, incredible an amazing person. And I think that the internet has taken fame away from us, not only because there are so many different people who are quote unquote famous or well-known, but you, you get so much access to celebrity that, I mean, let's look at like LeBron. A lot of people are, are seeing him do these incredible things, but mm -hmm. then there's this subsect of the internet where they're just like, here are all the times that where LeBron has lied. And he's like, oh, is oh, he a liar? He's a liar, apparently. Boo. You know what's crazy to me? And this isn't to be like, I'm so virtuous, but yeah. I actually am a really bad liar. Mm -hmm. Like I, it, I get so wildly uncomfortable. Like I yeah. can't tolerate it. Yeah. And so I forget though, that some people can just like lie very easily. Yeah. 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 And it's absolutely wild. And this one, there was this woman that I, I mean, she was a girl at that point mm -hmm. that I used to carpool to soccer with. And yeah. I remember one time it was, I mean, I didn't even drive. My mom was driving Yeah. and my mom like asked her something and she was like, maybe like, what'd you do this weekend? And she was like, oh yeah, I like took out my horses this weekend because I love horses. And then yeah. like five minutes passed and she was like, I don't have horses and I don't like them. And I don't know why I yeah, said that. And that, I remember yeah, being yeah. like, there you go. You can just do that. You could just do that. You could just tell the truth. And it makes you so much more endearing, like likable. And I think that him... Because with with LeBron, it's never on, on the level of like I have horses, blah blah blah. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's, it's like really like small things. Like I read this, or I was I was. This is my favorite quote, and all of that stuff. And everybody's like, "Wait, where did you even get that that quote mm -hmm. from?" In the first place. Um, Which so he's like making quotes up. Like like after like conversationally, um, mm -hmm. people will say a quote, and he'll like agree. Like, oh my god, I use that one all the time. He's like one oh, of those. Got it. So it's like a yes, man. Yeah, a bit of a like. I am trying to seem more worldly than I than I mm. am. Relatable. And, yeah, it's very relatable. But I think it. My theory is that it comes from anxiety. I think that LeBron <laughs> is deeply anxious. Honestly, probably. Yeah. I feel because, like anxious people get really good at things because they're trying to control yeah. their environment. Yeah. And he's he's been at this pinnacle for, you know, since he was in high school. So, yeah, you you were calling this person the king before they even got into the king's league. I am going to develop some weird quirks about me. Yeah, you know? I never thought about that perspective. That's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of it's a lot of pressure, and then there's a lot of interviews and a lot of like. I mean, you, you look at LeBron versus versus like Lewis Hamilton. Lewis Hamilton, yeah. Oh my God, he he came into what a monster. Jesus Christ, he came into the league like just he came into Formula One, the only black driver on the grid knowing that people were going to be racist towards him. And so he got extremely, extremely buttoned up, like mm -hmm. so buttoned up to where I'm like, I don't even know what your personality actually is, man. Yeah. I really want to see it, but you can't, you know, you can't reveal that because the amount of scrutiny that you'll be under and the amount of scrutiny will be under if you like yeah. say something wild or do something wild. Like, I have an, a possibly ignorant question. Yeah. But so the amount of scrutiny like you'd be under, like I never really thought about that of is there, I don't know how to ask this question. Like Lewis Hamilton being a black man who's like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like he's obviously not like an average person. Yeah, he's extraordinary. Um, sure. Yes. And so it's like, does how he 
public perception of him? Like, how does that trickle down to to everyone else? Yeah, I think when you are trying to enter into a field that is so prestigious and rich as like Formula One, mm -hmm. um, your your background gets brought up a lot. Yeah, and so you know, I think he was like he he was in like project housing and all that stuff. His mm -hmm. dad to get like had like three jobs in order to put him through carding and all absolutely that. wild insane like the determination of yeah. a parent to do but that that's like going back to what we were talking about where it's just mm -hmm. like pay attention to what your kids are good at because his dad noticed his, his dad saw him playing with like rc cars and he noticed that his hand-eye coordination was like top tier and he was like beating mm -hmm. adults in um rc cars when he would put them in those competitions and he was like i think that this child could be one of the greatest drivers of all time. And so he took out like two more jobs, bought him a go-kart and then put him in the karting and he got signed in McLaren when he was like 11 or some shit. So it's like, <laughs> you you really do have to like, you know, if you're paying attention, yeah. you can really develop your child within those first few years of life when their brain is just absorbing so much and create a foundation yeah. Of like somebody who could be extraordinary. Man, I didn't know. I knew like parts of that story, but I didn't know the totality of it. That's yeah. wild. It's insane. But what, what were we talking about before? Uh, um, you, the comment that you made around like if he were to reveal his full personality, his actual personality yeah. and like just the amount of scrutiny that potentially could come from that right. and how it would like trickle down and what it would actually mean being like an average black man. Yeah. Yeah. I think like, you know, if he, if he tried to do, I, I don't know, like anything more traditional, like, I don't know the, if you, if you even as a black person, if you lean into any form of stereotype, any, any, anything close, especially like, mm -hmm. um, in Europe, like if you're British, like this is what people are going to think for the rest of your race or and all that stuff. All they're looking at it, all they're looking for is something to qualify what they were already thinking in their heads. Okay. And so for him, it was it's a bit of like respectability po politics where it's just like I need to be at the utmost um prestige to prove to people that I belong here not only for my ability, but I belong here um because of the amount of things that I went through in order to get here mm -hmm. and then I don't not belong here uh, because of the color of my skin. Yeah. Because just because you haven't seen this color before yeah. here doesn't mean that I am any less of a driver than any of these guys out here. And I'm, I feel like he proved that tenfold. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's like a perspective though, from the like um, beyond, I guess the grid. Yeah that I hadn't really thought about, but I like have like, like my chest tightened up while you yeah. think of it. Cause that's so much pressure. It's a lot of pressure. That's a ton for of a, pressure for a child. Like, yeah, wait, I, I don't remember. I don't know what age, um, what age he got into the league at, um, or he got into formula one, mm -hmm. but he immediately went to McLaren. He, he, he had the rookie season of the best rookie season of any, any driver. Yeah. Like people will argue that he actually did win that first season that he was in, but they were like throwing bananas at him, like being like extremely racist. Yeah. Which it's wild that it's like, that wasn't that long ago. No, it was, too, it was when I graduated high school. Like that. And, and I guess just like, even I know, like, I don't know, sorry, we don't have to totally get into it, but it's like, how damaging is that too, to see, 
and like discouraging for yeah. other people, like other black kids watching this exactly. and seeing this happen. Exactly. I mean, now if they see him now, they'd be like, oh my God, I should definitely try to get into yeah. Formula One because it's like, look cool. at this. Yeah, this is, look at this inspiring person. Yeah. But you also have to think about the mental fortitude that that dude had in order to perform while everybody is pretty much rooting against you because like yeah. in england they want you know they whether they like it or not subconsciously they want a white english driver to be the face of mm -hmm. their program in the uh, for the most part and so seeing that the british driver on the grid was black they're like oh what are we supposed to do with this situation i'm going to make fun of i'm going to be like he's not a real british driver i'm gonna be like oh he doesn't represent us and all this stuff yeah he cannot be this good he got in because of his race and all of that and now they're like i, I love this kid <laughs> i will know? in hindsight like hearing you say all that like that those are ridiculous things to say about lewis hamilton it's, it's ridiculous it's things to say about any human being but yeah. like Especially, especially Lewis, Lewis Hamilton. Hamilton. It's like, oh, that's a little short-sighted. Because yeah. there was there was also so much hype around him when he was coming mm -hmm. up. Because yeah. you, you get signed to McLaren at eleven, you're like, what? What What's the fuck? Who, who is this child? What's like the average age that people is like a normal age of like, oh, okay, they're yeah. probably they have a potential, but they're not a prodigy, right? For like an academy driver, I think it's like you know fourteen, fifteen. Okay, and he's eleven, and he's like eleven. Yeah, yeah. he's like a child wearing um wearing these these colors for their karting program or whatever they're mm -hmm. in. And I, I mean, I could also be wrong about his his actual age. I just know it was like super, super young. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm actually gonna look that up get, right now. Get the research department on this yeah, right now. Let's yeah. go. Um. Yeah, that's actually funny because that was something I was thinking about. That, that was a shower thought for me. Yeah. Was how we were so lucky at BuzzFeed to have a research department. Oh, my how God. How nice it was just knowing everything was getting fact-checked. Yeah. You got signed at 13. I'm sorry. 13. 13. Okay, 13. So super young. Super Still young. super young. Yeah, yeah. Wait, so are you able to look up the average age of like when people get signed? Yeah, yeah, is yeah. It, do you still think it's like 14, 15? Like he was only slightly um, younger or are we thinking he was way young? Um. I think it is, I think I remember hearing that he was very, very young to be Okay, signed. got it. Yeah. Gosh, Lewis Hamilton. While you're looking that up, I think it's absolutely wild because I got into Formula One via Drive to Survive. I was one of those, mm -hmm. but I was yeah. like one of the early, somewhat, actually not that, the only reason why I got, this is backwards. The yeah. only reason why I got into Formula One was because I, I was going to Monaco to go to the race. Oh my God. Um, Which is fucking <laughs> so crazy you you do know and i was so resistant to it garrick i feel like such an idiot oh my god monaco <laughs> has been i don't know if it still is but for the longest the most expensive sporting event period i didn't pay for it <laughs> i didn't, didn't pay for it. pay for it oh my god the amount of decadence yeah that you were just like i don't want to do it was my ex's um dad it was his 60th birthday and he wanted to take everybody to go see this race because he's yeah. in formula one. Oh my god and i don't like being told what to do so i was very much like yeah of course that's so generous but also like i'm not getting into this and Jesus then i started Christ. getting into it and i was like this is the best thing ever i'm obsessed but that said i knew enough about yeah formula one just like by proxy well because i used to work for red bull media house yes yeah and that was during red bull's heyday um well no it wasn't a little bit it was when ricardo was driving for them okay. which felt like heyday to me because i yeah. got to watch all of the little little, little like uh 
YouTube docs they would do on the team and yeah. like Ricardo fucking rocks. Yeah, he's so amazing. that was fun for me. Yeah. But so I knew enough that it was like, oh, Lewis Hamilton, he's the GOAT. Yeah. Like he's the Tom Brady of yeah. Formula One. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting because people who are just now getting into it and they just see Mercedes kind of doing their thing. They're still top right. tier, but like they're it's, not really Yeah, they're what not are where they, they were. Not really sure. Yeah. And like people just don't realize that it's yeah, like it's Lewis the, Hamilton it's though. Lewis, yeah, he's, he's like <laughs> this is the guy. I, I like everybody was so mad at him because he was winning so often mm-hmm. or winning the the driver championship so often. It, it made it less of a sport and more of like a who's going to come kind in second, third, fourth. Kind of like how it is uh, right now with Red yeah, Bull, I feel. Red Bull, yeah. Like their car is just the the dominance so dominant crazy absolutely wild oh my god but like you're because people are coming into it whether it was during the lewis hamilton dominance or um now where you're like seeing them take a little uh half step back you forget about the times when he was at mclaren where he was like literally he was like fighting against he won against fernando alonso which was his um his teammate at the time Mm -hmm where he was like fighting against a car that wasn't great but good enough to like win championships um and then also there's just a very very competitive field mm-hmm. and winning against that as you us this was his sophomore year fucking insane yeah it's like it's it's so crazy so there was a lot of like exciting times and exciting years where he really like had to fight through the field Mm -hmm. um before this like mercedes dominance that happened i mean with him and nico rosberg where they were going back and forth for two years and that was crazy sorry i'm distracted i didn't realize you have tattoos oh yeah i have tattoos (laughs) i will and then i was like is every time i see Garrick, is he just wearing a long sleeve? Yes. Do you wear long sleeves a lot? I wear long sleeves a lot. Oh, yeah. Do you have a full sleeve? Yeah, on my right arm. This is new. This is relatively new. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Right yeah. on, right on. Yeah. Okay, so sorry. I know I said that was the last question. Mm. Are you good on time? It's 2 o'clock. Yeah. Okay. Um, I have one more question and then hot takes. So... And this could be me being bad, at, like being a bad PI, but you, I didn't find you on really YouTube. Yeah. And you don't have a TikTok. No. And your Instagram is very, I don't want to say haphazard, but it feels like it's like more of like a personal yeah, Instagram. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't feel like you treat it like a business. Right. And while you do have a Twitter handle, you don't post on it. No, I do not. As somebody who is like for, foot firmly in the door yeah. of inter, like the entertainment industry. Yeah. How do you combat the pressure of like, you gotta have all these social media things and like get yeah. your stuff out there and get people to see it. And like, cause it sounds like you must have some deep inner peace and security. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I am asking how, wh- yeah, how, <laughs> how, why, I, what? I, I feel like, um, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what my thing is. I never wanted it to feel like a job. I never wanted it, you know, sharing my my life to feel like I was doing it for content because I didn't want to live for content, if Fair, that makes yeah. sense. Oh, it makes, s- sense. Yeah, yeah. it makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah, I just wanted to do things and it's just like, oh, here's like a nice little sneak peek into my life, I guess. Yeah. And I never wanted it to feel any more or less stressful than having a MySpace was, if that makes sense. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's fair. I like that philosophy. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I remember in the Twitter days, I would like tweet and I'd be like, oh man, I got to fucking think of a joke every day to tweet. Cause like I, people were getting jobs off of Twitter and all of this. But then, you know, you're not telling those jokes on stage. So then I, I started just writing them down and putting that. Yeah putting that time and effort into writing them down then into to actual standup rather than like this thing that I believe is, has uh, a digital currency. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you think you've ever lost jobs or anything by not having? Yeah, for sure. And you okay. just, have, you just have to be okay with that. Um, I really, I really admire this attitude because yeah. that's, I think that's like very rare. Yeah. So, Sorry, go ahead. No, I've 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 lost out a, on a couple jobs from people who have a bigger following than I do, or mm. um, more more Twitter followers, or or more viral tweets and all of that. And yeah, I think at the time I was upset about it, but now I'm like, ah, listen, people will find you. I think the internet just makes it very easy to be found mm-hmm. uh, it makes your your rise uh, a lot quicker but if you are okay with having things move at a steady clip rather than like pushing it forward um then yeah you don't have to be on socials as as often um i i always feel like you know i have i have buddies that are doing like really really well done sketches mm-hmm. um and i admire that style of things it's just like let's yeah. just make shorts let's just make really short clips of uh something that i wrote out let's just go out and shoot a scene from something that i wrote and that amount of quality is something that i try to chase all the time rather than the quantity of like you know buzzfeed was essentially yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah okay Wow. So it does come from like your, I guess, the intentionality behind like where you want to put your energy. Yeah. But also it sounds like it comes from like, I know that I have, I don't want to say, I don't want to have what it takes, but like, you know, it sounds like it comes from like an intrinsic confidence of, I don't need to kind of dance monkey dance 24 seven. Yeah. And I I think it's just, you, you have to be. Yeah. There's an Aziz joke about um Frank Ocean mm-hmm. where he admires Frank Ocean so much and all of this stuff. And he's like, he, I finally saw him at a party and he was like, Man, Frank Ocean, you put out music when you want to, you tour when you want to, you do everything pretty much on your own schedule. Um, how are you doing that? How, mm-hmm. how is this possible? Yeah. And Frank Ocean simply answered, you just got to be okay with making less money. <laughs> like you, you got yeah. it. You really just got to be okay with the fact that things are going to come a little slower. And if you would rather trade time for yourself rather than time for the industry, then yeah, that's yeah. A, that's a, a for me personally, that's an easy trade for me yeah. to make. Yeah, well, and that said, I think the way I asked the question perhaps comes off as judgmental. I mm. mean, 
that would also be extremely hypocritical because <laughs> I am very much on social media. Then, which is um, very, but far. yeah, it's. I think it it does just come. It does just come down to a personal decision. Yeah. But I think people sometimes forget, especially I see it with people who are like coming out of college, maybe have asked me like, "Oh, what do you? How do you do this? Blah blah blah. I need yeah. to do all these things." Um, is that like people forget it is a decision? Yeah, it's like a decision. you can opt out and yeah. you'll be okay. Yeah, like. I think when you're promoting something, you want to be as it's all about visibility. You want to be as visible as possible and an easy way to do that for, um, for, I mean, you can do it on your own time mm -hmm. is like doing your own press essentially if your following is big enough and you can just go out and say, Hey, I'm going to be at these places. Like if I were to do like those clips on, on TikTok or on Instagram of like my standup and like grow that following. Mm -hmm. Every time I would go out and say, hey, I'm going to be at this place, um, you know, come out. And I had a huge following. They probably, I'd probably be able to sell out that space. And I'm not now, you know, because I just don't have that that following. I, yeah. People don't see me as, or they don't know me as a standup. They know me as somebody who has been on like, you know, had a podcast or been a an actor in a show mm -hmm. but my stand-up side of life is not as visible as those things because it, this is not something that is filmed this is not something that is going to be well known so mm -hmm. i kind of just have to be like well i'll just build the audience um through stand-up and and through like going out to these places and through i would much rather it be built through word of mouth which is very impossible but how very 1976 I know, of you. I know. It's very, very, very old. Um, but, you know, eventually I'll start doing the, I'll post clips and all that. Or try to come out onto, like, different productions and have them, like, film things and be like, oh, this is a kid that I've seen pretty consistently on these different things, like Comedy Central. Um, um, the uh, Don't Tell Comedy, have you seen those on TikTok? I'm sure I have, Yeah. yeah. But like, like really good productions like that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And like just hoping that those people respect me enough to put me on their platform rather than using a platform that I barely have uh, to promote stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I respect it. Okay. So we do these, this little section, which is hot takes. You don't even, you don't have to explain. You can, if you'd like to. Yeah. I will indulge you if you'd yeah. like to indulge us. Okay. Um, but you also can just like give us all just a yes or no, like agree, disagree. Okay. Uh, whatever your heart desires. Okay. Um, but they, there's a few of them. So going out on a weekday is more fun than going out on a weekend. Oh, no, I don't believe that. You don't believe that. <laughs> so you think weekends are more fun. Weekends are more fun. Why? Because you don't have to wake up the next morning for work or something like that. Okay. Uh, yeah. Cause Going out on a weekday, it does feel like a school night. Which is adventurous, though. It's adventurous, yeah. But I'm like, I don't want to fucking... <laughs> I don't, I'm going to be He's so shitty at my job tomorrow. Yeah. Okay, he likes his work. Yeah, what I'm hearing. yeah, yeah. Okay, people who got famous on social media aren't real celebrities. <laughs> they are. They are. I I mean, um, I've heard this story. I don't know if it's... I mean, I, would you call the Try Guys social? I, I wouldn't call it social. It's... Well, I, I feel like they're content creators Content but also creators. even now like every i don't know i don't know i yeah. then when do you transcend that title yeah i don't know I, I i don't know i would i would definitely i wouldn't even put internet celebrities in front of them i would just call them celebrities Keith, yeah 
he I I've, I've heard stories about uh, on his honeymoon he had to because they knew he was I think he was going out to Hawaii and because they knew he was showing up at that place he had to be physically taken to a different entrance for like driven to a different entrance no at way. the airport because that part of the airport was mobbed so if I that's forget not that they're I forget that they're so like I know that it's the try guys I know that people know who they are but yeah. I forget that they're like yeah people Keith. know people know them <laughs> like that is that wow is, zach and i would talk about uh like zelda while we were yeah. waiting for our lunch to yeah to microwave <laughs> exactly so those are wow. very famous okay. people yeah you know true 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 um so i i think that it it's just the pool has been open yeah a little bit open the floodgates yeah pop tarts are not good what <laughs> Ooh, did you write these? <laughs> I wrote, some, yeah, I wrote them. Oh my god! No, yes, you like popcorn? I, I, I love the strawberry ones. I don't love any, really, any other one. Oh, so wait, does that why? mean that they're bad? I don't. If, exactly. Yeah, if only one. There's a lot of nuance iterate. in pop tarts. There's yeah. a reason I wrote this one. Okay, what's the nuance? Well, okay, because it's like if something is good should it be good on its own or does it need because like i agree i don't think that all pop tarts i don't yeah. think they have very many good flavors yeah i think they're better toasted yeah and so it's like well if like you have all these qualifiers in order to say this thing is good then right is the thing good yeah that is fair i do think that it is good toasted and cold oh okay <laughs> yeah so okay. Cold is in room temp. You room temp. You're not like throwing I'm, them in the freezer. I'm not freezing them now. Because no, no. I have heard that the s'mores ones in the freezer are pretty good. Really? I've that, heard that. Okay, I've had them in the freezer because my mom would always Okay, now it all comes out. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, remember when we were talking about people lying? Yeah, yeah, you're right. I'm a, a huge liar <laughs> as I forget things. I think that's what I lie about. It's just like, oh God, did I, did that happen or did, did it not? But, but so I, your mom would keep them there? Yeah, she would keep them in the freezer um and the s'mores ones were very good everything else was was dog shit so the s'mores ones without being frozen bad heated up bad in the freezer fantastic okay so and you'd still say the pop tarts are good did you just listen to what you just said yeah i know i <laughs> you're gonna God stand by it. it though the strawberry pop tarts are very good. <laughs> okay yeah <laughs> Pugs are ugly. Oh, God. They're so ugly. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. They're so ugly, but I love them. They're, they're like, I, I, don't, I don't know. They're, they're just so sad that they're adorable. You know, they're just they're snorting along. Because you're like, oh, my gosh, the breathe. Like, you're not going to live that long. You're not going to live that long. You're, you're not got getting a lot of, much oxygen. Yeah, you can't breathe as well. We. It is really just... I mean, humanity. Look at what humanity did to dogs, to the wolf. It's definitely the ugliness of humanity. We don't know when to stop. We don't know when to stop. And we should have stopped at uh, Malamutes, I think. <laughs> That's where we should have. Every dog should be a wolf. I mean, I don't disagree with you. Yeah. Although, like, I feel like don't wolf, wolves would eat us. They would. But it would be very cool, like... To, to I wouldn't want to be eaten by something unless they're gonna like bite my entire head off or something. Right. I don't want to like be you know be bleeding eaten. out yeah. or like have them be conscious enough while they're like feasting on my organs. Yeah, like, that would be 
That would be extremely bad. Yeah. Hot, hot take. Being, <laughs> being eaten alive is awful. Not the best. No. Not no. choice. No. Okay, this one's just for you. Okay. The, and it's the final one, so okay. think hard. Okay. Too Fast, Too Furious is the worst movie in the franchise. Oh, shit. Okay, okay, okay. So, Too Fast, Too Furious, we got... Don't worry about it, cuz. We got that. We're in Miami. We're in Miami. So that's an iconic line. You get the iconic scene of all the cars coming out um, of the garages. Yeah, I think it is the worst one. Because <laughs> I, I can't. To... The only other one in contention for me is four. Oh, you didn't like four. I didn't like four. I liked four. I think it's extremely forgettable. I have to think very hard to remember yeah. anything relevant. Like what stands out to you about four? Um, that it's the, the, the reboot of it. Yes. Well, and that it has that it has essentially the same name as the first one. Yeah. Fast and Furious. Yeah. Um, it, it's rebooting it. It is literally the same story as the first one. So just worse. It's just a little worse and a little less swaggy. And it's setting us up for the espionage angle of it. Yeah, well, and I think five is the best in the franchise. Five is the best. It's, I think it's, that's very few people will disagree with that one. Yeah, that's objective truth. Yeah, yeah. What comes after five for you? Um, Number one. Two. One. Okay, that's yeah. how. No, one. oh, see, I think so. I think five is the best, but Tokyo Drift's my favorite. From Tokyo Drift is my fucking favorite. And for the love of, I, I really do hope that they get back to what that what the actual essence of it was mm -hmm. because. So many car guys are into cars because of Fast and Furious, and they have literally abandoned us for Avengers-level threats. And it just feels so disrespectful because it's just like, this was about street racers, and this was about seeing how cars are modified, but now it's turned into... Um, Vin Diesel's I mean, wet dream. Vin Diesel's wet dream and Rocket League, damn near. Yeah. You know, so... Did you see the newest one? I did. So I felt very distracted the entire time. Mm -hmm. I guess like I know too much at this point because I feel like it's like we've heard for, through social media. Yeah. We've heard all this stuff about how like there's beef between Vin Diesel and so-and-so yeah. and this person and so-and-so or Vin Diesel and everyone. Yeah. And how he like, and I don't necessarily have beef with Vin Diesel, but just how he really is kind of king of this franchise, like yeah, the yeah, tyrant yeah, yeah. of this franchise. Yeah, he's the, the main producer. Yes, of it. Yeah. and very much If It has caused me to watch the bad movies in a different light Yeah, because it felt like Fast 10 was very much just like everything that Vin Diesel thought would make him look cool. Yeah, yeah. It was the just whole like, movie. The whole movie. Yeah, everything, everything was going to, it's like, I'm going to look like a good dad. Um, I'm going to be able to lift an entire car with one arm. Ooh. Um, I'm going to be able to take down two helicopters with my car, which I thought was very possible. <laughs> I was like, well, I mean, this technically, this one checks out. <laughs> you know, if you're going off of a ram and that car is heavy enough, it's going to pull both of those helicopters <laughs> together. Um, but yeah, it, it was literally just like a, a checklist of things to make him look cool and, and, and sick, which I don't know if I'm coming from like the Tom Cruise school of thought of like, I'm going to put my fucking body on the line. What are the different ways I can put my body on the line? Mm -hmm. I think that that's what makes you uh, cool to, to like 
you know, lose. You got to lose a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, Garrick Bernard Jr. Thank, oh, you. thank you for coming by. Thank you for where, having me. Where, I don't know. Do you even want to plug your socials? Yeah. Or? It's yeah, yeah. Garrick Bernard on Instagram and Twitter. Wait, that's your, I thought your Twitter was Garrick Bernard was taken. No, it's just Garrick Bernard. Oh, well, I was looking at the wrong one then. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for coming by. <laughs> thanks for having me. <laughs>